Hi, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Athena's Blueprint for Success. I'm Holly Smithson, Athena's CEO, and I'm super excited to bring you this edition uh, brought to us with our partners at San Diego Gas and Electric. Now, in our studio, we have uh, Dr. Gina Waller, and she is the president of Pharma Services at Neogenomics, uh, a, a corporate partner of Athena's uh, that clearly shares our values in making sure there are more and more women in the leadership positions. Um, and Dr. Waller is going to give us a little bit of insight on her journey and her story um, as it relates to women that have really enjoyed a lot of career success inside the STEM economy. So, Gina, it's great to see you and thanks for coming in and sharing your story with us. Thanks for having me. All right, so I have to tell you, so you have this incredible uh, pedigree. Um, you have uh, undergrad at PU, um, obviously got your PhD from UCLA, um, and obviously have, as I look at your background, you have not wasted any time. I mean, the, the pecking order has just, it's like this, it's like, it's just the way it was supposed to be. There wasn't any issues, there weren't any challenges, no tension. Tell me that's how it was. Not exactly. <laughs> Not exactly. Even if you look at my resume, um, you know, I didn't follow the traditional um, doctorate pathway. I took some time. I worked for quite some time. And in fact, in my doctorate degree, I was, I was uh, one of the older ones. So um, I also had a child in my, in my doctorate degree, during my doctorate degree. So um, I wasn't your traditional uh, doctoral student, and I, I felt it being there for sure. And I, and I have to, but I have to ask you what, um, what kind of, I guess, fed your uh, passion and what were some of the influences that uh, led you to pursue this, this degree um, academically and then professionally? Yeah, well, I... <laughs> Turns out I was pretty ambitious as a little kid. And it was interesting because no one in my family was in science. But in second grade, I had a visiting science teacher who I, I don't even know what it was about, but said, hey, you should go into science. And apparently that's all the positivity I needed to say, I'm going into science. And then shortly thereafter, I decided I was going into science to cure cancer. Uh, and so it was that initial spark that really got me on my way. Um, and I, I continued to be very excited about science. I thought it was the most exciting thing out there. And I would tell other people, and I had no idea when they were looking at me that they were actually bored to tears <laughs> that I was the only one. I was the one in the conversation that was excited. So my academic training sent me to the lab space. And as I sat in the lab, and of course I appreciate the data as a scientist, as a groom scientist, wanted to do more than the individual contributing at the bench. So I started to look at ways to move in, into bigger roles. Um, and I ended up in um, a position in research in the lab that was connected to a larger diagnostic laboratory. And in this regard, I found my uh, perfect fit, a marriage of research and science and business, because later I would find that I actually liked building business. Um, so building, you know, building on my scientific foundation 
but then in this in this business sense um it came an opportunity to do big things right um where you know i have all the respect for the person who can sit at the bench every day i felt like i needed to do more and in, in order to do more in business of course you have to learn some other skills that they don't teach you in science so that was more in management people skills finance skills sales ability all that sort of thing Th those things that led me to where i am today um, and along the way you know i it was the the initial spark the the passion for for what i do for what we do um, believing it wholeheartedly um, and the resilience to push back against any negativity that somehow this wasn't going to work out because you know there are probably easier lines of work right or at, at the very least um, not an you know cancer can be very depressing um, you're surrounded by it all the time so it could certainly be happier places of work but it was the original spark and the purpose behind it that that kept me going and wanting to do all those things in science and in business um, that sort of transition from science to you know business leap. Um, so a lot of good stories along the way as well. I, I like I like um, I like your story because um, and, and and a lot of times we I think the scientists will be on the bench and and then after a while they're like yeah this is great but I'm kind of lonely and I actually want to be customer facing or patient facing or market facing. And I think I want to blend my passion for science, but also my ambitions to actually have a bigger impact um, in terms of the pace and the focus of the enterprise. So, um, so yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I think that will probably resonate with a lot of our audience. Um, so let me move the conversation a little bit, um, if I may. We, we talk about, you know, the what it takes to, you know, have a, a successful career in the in the realm of science and technology. Um, but then, if you do that as a woman, there are, are a whole host of challenges and sort of tensions that will inevitably come across uh, in your journey. We know today that um, eighty percent of all of the STEM jobs here in the United States are held by men. So some of the highest wage salaries are, 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 are held by men. Um, some of the biggest opportunities to impact society, right, through science and technology, again, um, go to those um, and, and, our, and our male counterparts. So the opportunity to contribute and the opportunity to actually have a successful, successful career is not as robust or apparent. Uh, based on those, based on those data. So along your way, along your journey, did you ever come across any um, challenges based on your gender? And what were some of the approaches that you felt were, you know, pretty, pretty um, prudent and effective? Uh, yeah, that's great. And I'm, I'm sitting here smiling because if only I had a nickel for every time someone told me to marry rich. Um, I probably would have as much as I have invested in my in my retirement fund, um, starting from when I was a little girl. And so I urge your uh, viewers here, if there's any girl that says, I'm going to be in science, technology, math, you high five them, uh, give them all the encouragement, fund their college, I don't know, whatever it is, um, you know, put, uh, be, because 
this was a reality. Uh, everywhere I went when I said very firmly, I'm going to be a scientist, that I got the, oh, honey, just marry rich. Um, and somehow I knew at a very young age that, well, for one, I didn't want that. <laughs> I didn't want that. Um, so no, no, that's not an option. And it, it, it somewhat annoyed me, those little comments. Um, and I just, for me, and I'll, I'll get to the evolution here because obviously it gets more complex than these silly comments that friends of a family members make to, you know, 10 year olds or 13 year olds or whatever, whatever age I was. But I use that negative thing where I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show them, you know? Um, so it was very much that negativity that just took that flame and just fanned it. <laughs> like sometimes I think I'm just a ball of, you know, flaming rage, maybe, um, you know, packaged in something that looks pretty, pretty happy. Um, because I, when you're when you're fueled in such a manner, it's just not even work anymore. It's just something I want to do. And so my competitive spirit was like, well, now I'm going to do it because you don't think I can. And um, so that, that's sort of how it started. Um, and along the way in my career, um, certainly there were times when the stakes were higher and there were times when I felt like I was, there was a systematic judgment based on gender um, that, that I was overlooked or felt less than or marginalized or any of those those nice words and I was really hurt um you know you you want to be strong you want to show that it doesn't you brush it off um, um but I would get really hurt and the way I dealt with that would be to go into my little cave and think about it for some time um and depending on you know sort of the level of the crime um I would think on it longer and hard and think about my long-term strategy. Because one of, I think one of the underrated characteristics of all of this is resilience and persistence, right? So it's, you know, um, witty comebacks aren't my thing, <laughs> right? I, I wanna think about this for the, long, for the long run. And so when somebody underestimates who I am, um, what I found myself doing is thinking about What's my long-term goal? And what role does this person play in my long-term goal? And so some of the times it was peripheral, their involvement in my long-term goal. And if they were going to be in the periphery, I, again, I mean, it's similar, similar to when I was a kid, I had this very competitive edge where I was going to prove them wrong. And if you're in this field long enough, which, which I have been, um, they'll end up at the competition. And so this list that I started generating that's only in my head. Um, and I'll, also, by the way, if the name is on the list, that person definitely does not know that they exist on my list <laughs> to both either, either or uh, prove that they were wrong or compete directly against them. So the, the, the industry I'm in is small. 
we move throughout our career. And so if you've been on my list, I'm gonna have additional pleasure in competing with, with whoever, wherever, wherever the person is. And I, I realized that I've done this probably, oh, probably for the last two decades. Um, and it serves me a lot of pleasure <laughs> when in various situations I have won, more so than had they not systematically underestimated what I bring to the table. Um, and, I, and for those, you know, for those who are watching, one, I first was like, should I, should I let in on this secret? Will I appear crazy? Um, would somebody on my list be listening right now? No, they're probably still underestimating me. So that's fine. And, and so I would say, you know, let people underestimate you for a moment and then use that against them, right? When they're not paying attention. If, you know, if the situation is, uh, is appropriate, right? I'm in a competitive environment. This is business, right? We, we compete with our competition. Why not make it more fun? Um, and also, you know, in the, the big scheme of things, um, this dis whatever discrimination it may be says far more about the person who's doing it than you. But you're just you just happen to be there, right? So know that and flip the game. Um, make their weakness be your target, um, and, and that's the great thing about being in a competitive space. Now, maybe in other fields that's not so enlightening. Um, and maybe maybe competition doesn't excite people, but um, at, for me, for me, it actually made it pleasurable once I could get past the hurt, you know, past the original injury. I really enjoyed um, making this under my control. Under this is my game, and this is how I'm going to play it. Um, and so, so I've actually, I've actually enjoyed that part. I didn't enjoy the first part of it and the, the continual bits. And now I feel like I'm at a place in my career where it's somewhat noise in the background. Mm. And, and I, yeah, I know I, I appreciate that because you said, listen, it's going to be there like it or not. It's not about Dina. It's not about Holly. It's not about Susan. It's not about, it's about that person. That's their story. That's their junk. Um, and that's just a reflection of their competencies or, or lack thereof. And so how we use that is really the, I, I think, is the music, right, to your uh, concert. And if you're going to dis, if you're going to disenfranchise me and not give me an opportunity or think that I'm less than because of my gender, then you know what, that's on you. But let me go ahead and leverage that because I'm going to use that as motivation to really double down on who I am and what I bring to this job and what I bring to this industry. So I love that. That's a very, very strategic mindset. Um, but I also like your advice a lot when you said, hey, Holly, when I have a transgression or a microaggression or whatever, or I get, you know, and somebody's trying to trip me up, I get reflective. I don't get reactive. And I really sit and think, okay, is this person really worth it? Is this culture really worth it? Um, is this client really worth it? Whatever the applicability is, but really asking your question, asking yourself, you know, asking that it's self-inquiry. 
um, and have the self-discipline and the self-observation and then make a call. So that is a powerful, powerful piece of advice um, and counsel uh, that I don't think we've, we've, we've heard um, in pre with previous guests. Now it does take, but it does take some discipline, right? Because you're like, yeah, I'm pissed. This is yeah. offensive. Yeah. Who are you? The urge to do the, the, the short-term thing that's gonna feel really good. It's gonna feel really good and I'm just gonna say it and then <laughs> it's over. Go for the long term, go, go for long, you know, um, go to win, right? Uh, that's, that's sort of how I feel. The, the short-term responses, they don't, they don't advance your position. Think about advancing your position. And it's so hard, it's so much harder said than, you know, done than said. Um, but, but yeah, that's. Yeah, that's, it, is, it is, it is. It's play, play the long game, play the long game. And it's obviously worked for you. <laughs> so, so it's not just a, a, you know, a theory. It's actually, um, it's actually a winning um, approach and strategy. So I salute you for that. And, you know, you talked about, you know, I said, hey, how did you get in this field? What were some of the motivations or influences? And you're like, I had this spark in me. And, and if we lose that spark um, because we take our eye off the prize, then, then nobody wins. And everything that I heard from you, you talk about that spark, you talk about that um, competitive edge. You've said that on a couple of occasions and that's just innate. That's a part of the Gina Waller story. And, and you don't ever forget that, which keeps you, right? That keeps you um, on your quest. And, and I respect that. Thank you, yes. I mean, it, there's, this, there's, no, there's no one that I know that can just be great at science and business, right? You've got to, do the work, you have to learn the fundamentals, you have to practice, you have to work hard. It's much like being a top athlete, right? I mean, you just, you don't just go out and play. Um, you spend hours a day practicing and honing your craft. And um, so you, you, you lean back on that too in your time that, that's, that, that challenges you the most when you think maybe the smart, the spark might flicker, maybe that's gonna go out. Um, uh, you've worked hard, you have to know who you are, um, why you're here, be reminded of why you're here. You can lean on people and especially mentors that help you reset, look back at things you've written in the past um, for your college entry uh, um, essay, that those will remind you uh, of why you're here because not, there, there, there have been moments where <laughs> I thought, was this the universe telling me to get out, <laughs> like do something else? Uh, well, I've had those those moments, and and uh, um, no, no, it wasn't the universe trying to tell me to go. It was the universe telling you, you better stay. <laughs> double down, double down, yeah. double down. <laughs> Okay, so one of the things we always uh, we always like to uh, capture in our blueprint for success, uh, because everybody's looking for that panacea. They want that one, you know, silver bullet, you know, like we do in the pharmaceutical industry. Just give me that one drug, and it will cure my <laughs> my disease. <laughs> um, and and gosh, don't we wish that it was that simple? But if you were to say, Holly, there's a couple of things that were really instrumental in my my career success. And for, for our audience, if, if they're not, you know, including these tools in our, in our arsenal, uh, we, might, we might reconsider. Um, what, what would those be for you? 
Um, believe it when someone tells you you've done something well, that you're good at something. I've had the fortune of having a couple of, of really good mentors um, and they took them time to tell me something I didn't know about me, right? I didn't realize in the course of, in the course of my work, um, my strengths. And you know, I think as part of human nature, we pay attention to the negative, right? I have some feedback on that meeting. Like, okay, brace yourself. Um, pay attention to when someone says something good about you um, and, and um, explore that, I would say. So I, I, I was lucky to have a, a handful of mentors throughout my career. I still have them today. I still, when I have a moment, um, uh, good or bad, I, I, I send them a note, I pick up the phone. I think that's, um, it's great because it could be the, the, just the thing that your flame needs to be recharged. Um, uh, I'd say uh, the other thing that we haven't touched on um, is, is um, observing and learning behavior. Um, and let me explain for a second. So I have, a, I have a, a son who's on the autism spectrum and as part of being a parent to um, a, a child with autism, you go through, could be extensive uh, behavior training. And when I first got there, I was like, what is this nonsense? <laughs> and it's brilliant, right? I mean, if you can help um, change behaviors, that's extremely powerful. And if you're good at behavior management, it's seamless, it's positive, doesn't have to be negative. A lot of people think that, you know, only by fear do you get the results that you want. Um, absolutely not. I'm a big believer in that. And I think part of the last, I don't know, decade can be a, you, a lot of the successes in, in, um, in working in teams and various org structures, um, I would say I attribute it to my, my experience in behavior management. And for those out there who may have uh, a similar situation, you know, what I've come across in my career is that someone thinks, oh, maybe I don't, maybe I should, shouldn't pursue X because I have a child with special needs. And I, and I, would, I would say no. In fact, you need to because you're trained actually to go further and manage people. Um, I think that gives a real boost. And, and I've never heard anyone say that before, but it is, it is something that doesn't apply to children. It applies to all human beings and especially in business, science, wherever you go, anywhere there's a behavior, there's, uh, there's a, a place for behavior management, I would say. Yeah, and that's, that's pretty powerful, Tina. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about, I think it was um, McKinsey or if it was Harvard Business Review um, or maybe it was Accenture. Anyway, and they referenced this whole, you know, movement towards general, gender equality in the workforce is going to take by their estimations 100 years. And because it is, it's behavioral change. Right. If we, you know, we're still operating in our grandfather's culture, 
um, you know, we're several generations behind. Um, and so for those people that have natural skill sets around collaboration, around active listening, about uh, respect for another point of view or another way, uh, another approach of leading and managing and contributing, um, those are, those are, you know, these are powerful, powerful um, genetic traits found in the female energy and where the predation and the conquer and the destruction is more in the male energy and it, and it served its place right back in the caveman days. So, so I think it's, I think that's beautiful. Um, really, really sound counsel uh, for folks to consider as they think about either entering the STEM field or questioning going, wait a minute, did I make the right career choice? <laughs> Yes, uh, you did. <laughs> and, 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 you know, something else that I just want to echo, um, and, you know, look, I'm guilty of it too. Uh, when somebody gives you praise, <laughs> accept it, right. embrace <laughs> it, yeah. and, and then you said, and, and then explore it, which I like. Yeah. Not just, oh, oh, thank you, Gina. No, I appreciate that, Gina. No, explore. Well, I wonder why she said that. Well, maybe because I am good at behavioral you know, management. So I think those are powerful. And, and I want to I invite and I want to challenge to our audience how many women focus on the negative versus the positive. And, you know, look, that's a human nature thing. We don't have the corner on that market. Let's face it. But it's what you just said is that's one of the main ingredients to your success that you would attribute um, is really celebrating the strengths that others have observed in you and then exploring that and then ultimately leveraging that. So um, I like that a lot. Um, and I'll, I'll take I'll take that. I'll, I'll take that page um, all day long. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you again for taking time out of your day and, uh, and coming out and sharing us uh, a little bit of inspiration about your story and uh, giving us some examples about how to, uh, you know, continue to play in the arena, as, it, as we call it, um, and remembering what your spark is, remembering why you got into the industry in the first place, and, and most of all, um, make sure that you're working hard and playing hard. Um, I think we can all agree to that. Well said. Thank you for thank you so much for having me. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Excellent. All right. Well, that's a wrap up for this month's edition of our Blueprint for Success with our friends and partners at San Diego Gas and Electric. We'll see you next month. Thank you.